Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday. The legal tampering period fired off a few hours ago, and that has resulted in a torrent of news that we are going to get to today. We are also going to get to our top 10 rbs and dynasty matt is not with us today but he did leave us his list so i'll be sure to read that off and then uh we'll just make fun of it because no i'm just kidding that way you will get all three of our lists but dennis you're here with a fresh look for the fresh new league year how are you doing this monday you know i i'm i'm doing pretty well it's been a good news day i uh you know, I'm home. I'm a couple of weeks away from spring break. It's daylight savings time. And you know what I did yesterday? Slept on I bought a camper. Oh, camper. Oh, summer is once once you get I don't know what it's gonna be like for you, but we were just to the point where it was staying light till right about six o'clock and then daylight saving time hit. So now it's staying light till right about seven o'clock, which just has me all kinds of messed up. It was not great that Sundays, I work Sundays, and I have to be in super early. So I had to get up at 4.45 a.m. on Sunday morning. Um, it made for a long day yesterday because the Oscars were on last night, and they are never a short ceremony. They're like a full-length college football game. Well, for the record, um, that camper won't, that I bought won't be ready to camp in this year. <laughs> It's going to need to undergo some, uh, let's say, renovation. Well, at least uh, you have more daylight out there for uh, sitting sitting and doing those renovation you know, projects. It's such a project that I've been thinking about calling it Sam Darnold. <laughs> It'd be a real project if you called it jo- uh, Josh Rosen, though. Right. Well, speaking of Darnold, he is one of the many names we will get to with our, with our news break, but he's not the top of the the box. The top of the box is actually a not a signing or a moving. It's Austin Eckler was trying to negotiate a contract extension. Doesn't seem like it's going well, and he has reportedly asked for permission to seek a trade. Dennis, we have a huge running back class in this draft class. We have a bunch of robust names on the free agent market for running backs. 
what does this mean uh, to you, seeing that Eckler is requesting a trade? Do you think that'll be granted? Do you do you think he moves? I don't think so. You know, they're looking for value. He, it doesn't feel like, you, you know, we, we keep talking about running back the room. And so it doesn't feel like holding out is going to be a prudent move. He's got an okay contract for a 29-year-old. He was an undrafted free. He his way into being one of the best running backs in the league, Austin Eckler. But he is getting older. Um, and the team probably, you know, they've given him – two contracts already. So, you know, he's seeking a third, which is, you know, he's been good. So it's completely understandable, but I don't know what they're going to, what he expects to, to happen in this market other than I want more security and the chargers. I just don't know if they're in a position to be able to, to give him that, you know, you know they just reworked, uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, their contracts, and and they both had pretty good extensions. But the the running back position is just it, it just doesn't get the respect that uh, the the other that the wide receiver does. That heck, even tight end does sometimes. I don't think he'll hold out in part because I don't think that's going to get him to where he wants to be. Brandon Staley, that seems to be going into this offseason on the hot seat. And so the last thing I want to do is, you know, give up somebody that scores 15 touchdowns a year. If I'm if I know I'm probably coaching for my job. Uh, I, I like Austin Eckler a lot. I sympathize with his plight. However, I think he's going to be playing uh in Los Angeles they may get a deal worked out you know let let's let them get through free agency see what other kind of things they need to work on and then they may say look all right let's take care of you you know what are they going to give him what three years 27 million 25 million you know that's six or seven million uh, a year you know what 27 would be nine, so that's probably high. I feel like he's probably in the 24 to 26 or 27 million range if if they do extend him. Like I said, I like him. I don't roster him a lot, so I, I'm not terribly invested in uh what he's doing unless he goes somewhere where I do roster somebody. Well, we mentioned it's a fast and furious day for free agency, but as I noted to you off the air, it, it was a huge running back class that was probably the most intriguing group of free agents and we have not seen much movement at all a couple you know guys came back Brita, as you mentioned went back to the giants mike moon uh went to the texans which we'll talk about in a minute but we aren't seeing a lot of these three running backs got the franchise tag other than that we also have seen now it's rumored that the vikings are looking to maybe get out from under dalvin cook the titans are looking to get out from under derrick henry the Cowboys are not sure what they're going to do with Ezekiel Elliott. I just don't know that there is a great position of strength for Eckler if he wants to try to force some kind of trade because we haven't seen an incredibly hot trade market for running backs, and we haven't seen an incredibly hot start to free agency for running backs either. I liked his fit in the Chargers, but we also don't know what that Charger offense is per se going to look like. Um, it's possible that uh, Kellen Moore has more designs on, on a more battering ram style running back, which probably wouldn't be how you describe uh, Austin Eckler. We don't know if we're going to ever see Isaiah Spiller hit the field there, but it certainly seems like if Eckler wanted to force his way off the team, the Chargers have plenty of options that they could look at um, this offseason. I get it from his perspective and from what he's provided. And like you said, 29, but that's the other problem for running backs. Running back is probably the one, one of the positions that's least inclined to hold out, especially for a season because there's such a ticking clock. And we saw, you know, Le'Veon Bell hold out for a season a few years ago, and that didn't pay off for him at all. Um, kind of was the end of his, his great run. 
even though he got a pretty decent contract from the Jets, just didn't pan out. So be curious to see what happens there. Uh, we did get quite a few uh, quarterbacks uh, going off the board. Still waiting on uh, news about Aaron Rodgers. There were some flurry of tweets that uh, the deal is done to the Jets. Nothing officially been announced by the Jets or the Packers or Aaron Rodgers, uh, though some Jets players seemed excited, so I'm sure we'll have more of an update later in the week. But one of the big free agents that did come off the board is Jimmy Garoppolo, who signed a three-year deal with the Raiders. Uh, offensive mind in Josh McDaniels that he worked with for a while at the New England Patriots. Do you like the fit there? Yeah, I, I like the fit because he's familiar with the offense. Uh, I don't think he's going to have any issue understanding the mission, which is get the ball to Devontae Adams um, and get the ball to Darren Waller. You know, in New England – when uh, Jimmy was there, they had stretches where they had a stud wide receiver. They had great tight ends. It's it's a pretty simple thing. You know, they've got Josh Jacobs. What they need is to shore up their offensive line. Uh, what do they got? Colton Miller at left tackle is solid. And then much the rest of the way across the line could use some work. Uh, Alex Bars and uh, Jermaine. Aluminior, something like that. Channeling my best Matt Bruning there. Um, their whole so their whole right side is free agents. You know, Thayer Munford was a second a seventh round pick last year out of Ohio State. Uh, Brandon Parker, a third rounder in 18. So they got a couple guys might be able to step up at right tackle. Uh, we'll see what happens. Dylan Parham, he was a third rounder in 22. So a year of seasoning should help help him. And then their center is a college free agent. They they probably need to invest in one of the top centers in the draft right now to shore up that offensive line. If they can do that, I, I think that they're going to be able to have a decent offense. I don't know if they have enough draft capital to invest a, hot, a, a lot in the O-line and the defense because the defense isn't great either. But – I do know that Jimmy is a solid quarterback. He can distribute the ball. He knows how to run Josh Jacobs or Josh Josh Jacobs. Josh McDaniels. Hopefully offense. he knows how to run Josh Jacobs too because he's gonna need him. Yeah. So it feels like it feels like he's set up to be successful. I just don't know if Josh McDaniels knows how to be successful on his own. I know you have spoiler alert. He does not. Yeah. I I don't think it's a terrible signing. It makes a lot of sense given some of the other dominoes. You have to wonder how hard they may have pursued Aaron Rodgers because it certainly seemed like there was a lot of smoke there a month ago. My question to you is I don't actually think Jimmy G is better than Derek Carr. Oh, I don't. I probably wouldn't. I I think they're they're pretty close. I think it's to me. I feel like they're in the same tier. Yeah. So, you know, it was a lot of talk about needing to improve the quarterback situation. Okay. Uh, I guess we will see. You know, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it pays off for him. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks that landed spots most likely as uh, backups. Uh, Mike White. Uh, goes from the Jets to the Dolphins on a two-year deal, which is great because we've pretty much universally decided that they need to have some options behind uh, Tua. And Sam Darnold, um, kind of intriguing with how how nicely he finished the season for the Panthers, takes a one-year deal in San Francisco. Brock Purdy obviously had his surgery this week, probably not going to be available much during the season. That kind of leaves them with Trey Lance, who is supposed to be back fully healthy by training camp. But what do you make of these uh, moves? Do you like the fits for White and Darnold? Actually, I think they're both fantastic moves. I, I think Mike White showed us that he can go in and play for a few games. Is he going to, you know, if if Tua gets hurt in week four, do I think that White can take them to the playoffs? I don't know. You know, Miami, we'll see what that offense does. Kind of one of the things. You might that, have a better chance than Skylar Thompson. <laughs> well, one of the things that 
the Shanahan tree, that offense, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if protecting the quarterback is how the best way to describe it, but the offense does put the quarterback in positions to be able to make successful plays. And then, and then when you throw in having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in the mix as well, the potential is there that maybe if, you know, if Tua gets him off to a three and one, four and one start and then gets knocked out for the season, White may be able to go Cooper Rush on it and, and hold down the fort pretty well. I think Skylar Thompson showed that he's got a lot of moxie. He just needs to learn. And getting somebody in there, you know, White came into the league as a very, he was unheralded. He's what, 28 or 29 years old now. He's bounced around. I think he'll be able to share a lot with Skylar Thompson. Hey, the journey can, you know, there are a lot of different journeys to get here. This was mine. You're probably not super highly regarded. And so it may very well be that you end up following the same kind of journey I did. Here's what I did to be able to get get to be successful or stay in the league. Now, it could all be moot and uh, Tua could be healthy all year long. That may go, you know, it that just may be what happens. But I really like the signing of Mike White. I think that gives them a solid insurance policy. And then it allows Skylar Thompson to continue to grow. Sam Darnold, a little bit different story. You know, Darnold has had some issues um, in Carolina when he sort of had his rebirth last year um, at the end of the year and the year before at the beginning of the year. Some of it was they were protecting him and he didn't have to carry the team. And so it may be that a team like San Francisco, where you've got Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and a great running scheme, and you're just required to make quick decisions um, and people are schemed wide open. If Darnold has to play, he could really surprise. I, I think that Purdy's going to have some time coming back from recovery. I think that uh, Trey Lance, it's time for him to step up. He should be back now. Um, he should be healthy. Given his draft capital, I think they'd like to see him succeed. But I think Sam Darnold makes sense as a really good insurance policy. He's there on a one-year deal. He may not see the field all season. He may step in and play really, really well if he has. It's, it's the 49ers. He'll see the field as long as he makes the roster. I mean, would they use uh, – they were pretty much down to almost using Christian McCaffrey at quarterback last last season. So, um. I kind of like the the moves too. I, you know what? It also struck me um, with adding White and already having Thompson is they must feel pretty confident about Tua and want him to be the guy because I know there's been a lot of conjecture since the end of the season. You know, are they going to try to pursue Tom Brady or are they going to try to go get another quarterback? Do they want to move on from Tua? Uh, you know, I like Mike White as a solid um, backup option, but that to me strikes, you know, I think we talked about that is the range of where he is. Um, So I thought that was another thing that makes me feel a little more confident about Tua. Uh, The Falcons, they made a a signing that we'll get to a little bit later when we talk about uh, the defense rapid fire, but they also made a trade to acquire tight end Jonu Smith from the Patriots, which is very important um, because they don't actually have a, Oh wait, they have Kyle Pitts. So, um, Johnny Smith signed two years ago for the Patriots and has not done anything for them. Now goes to a team where uh, Kyle Pitts exists. Uh, what do you make of this move, Dennis? I I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny Smith is a move tight end H back type of player. He's not very big. He's one of the. He's like in that Chigo Conquo. Um, Oh, there was somebody else I mentioned the the other day, uh, but he's one of these smaller guys that you know only weighs like two forty. 
he can be useful. He can be useful for fantasy in the right system. It just going to Atlanta, they need a blocking tight end to free up Kyle Pitts. Now, does this is this a harbinger for them saying, well, we really think Kyle Pitts is actually a wide receiver. So now Kyle Pitts is going to be out wide on one side. Drake London, we're going to play Parker Hesse or other big high and still use Janu as the move tight end. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's uh, Arthur Smith doing a favor for a friend. I I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I don't think the fit is great because there's nothing that John U. Smith does that Kyle Pitts doesn't do magnitudes better. And so for me, it, it just seems odd. Are you okay? Maybe it's depth, and maybe you're saying, well, we've already seen Pitts have a couple injuries. We want to have a dynamic playmaker behind him. And at a seventh round pick, it's not terribly expensive. Uh, okay, I suppose you can make that case. To me, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for fantasy. Um, the last thing we need is somebody to cannibalize touchdowns and red zone looks from Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, and, for that matter, Tyler Algier. Yeah, this is the rare trade that didn't make uh, doesn't help either team. I don't think. I, I mean, no questions for Atlanta. The Patriots will probably get a you know an All Pro starter out of the deal in the seventh round, but. I don't know, though. You're talking about a team that it, the biggest criticism we've had for the last few years is that they don't have offensive weapons. And I know that I made jokes about them not using Jonu Smith for the last two years. But they splashed out a lot of money two years ago to get Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. We saw one good season of Hunter Henry. Their complete inability to use any of these weapons continues to be astounding. Well, I think that's just the Judge Patricia syndrome going on. Uh, you know, that's come to an end. We hope. Uh, your boy Sterling Shepard gets a one-year deal to come back to the Giants. Are you happy for him? Do you think he can stay on the field? I am happy for Sterling Shepard. I have my doubts about him staying on the field. You know, they the Giants need help at wide receiver. And Sterling, by all accounts, was a really, you know, when he was healthy, he looked good in the slot. Was was reliable. Was getting open, um, but Wandale Robinson is a, a younger, almost exact, healthier clone of Sterling Shepard. And so, to me, it, it's a depth play. I think it puts Shepard at, you know, what wide receiver four territory for the Giants. The, the Giants need to do uh, some work on their depth chart. You know, they let Galladay go. Uh, Darius Slayton is a free agent. You know, they got Isaiah Hodgins there. Um, it seems like they're going to need to bring somebody in. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. As it is right now, they're lining up Hodgins, Shepard, and Robinson, their three wide receivers. And Shepard and Robinson basically do the same thing. So I, it's a little puzzling I hope to me. They, it feels like they need one more wide receiver. 
What I was mean, that? I hope they do something. I hope they do something in like the draft or something. I mean, they, they've got to get something. I, I was happy to see Shepard get to come back. I hope he gets to stay on the field. Uh, the Houston Texans were uh, busy today. They went and uh, they had the linebacker Chase Winovich. They added defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway, who comes over from uh, the 49ers, rejoining his former defensive coordinator. They they picked up uh, one of the few uh, running back uh, free agent deals, likely to be some kind of uh, reserve. He's also a heck of a special teams player. And they also signed quarterback Case Keenum, who most people feel like is going to be their veteran backup. So Dennis... Most people think they're going to take a quarterback at number two. I also do. What does this mean for Davis Mills? I think Mills is going to be there. I don't think Keenum is the long-term solution at backup quarterback just because of his age. But he is definitely a veteran presence. Having a quarterback room of Case Keenum, who's been in the league for a long time, has had to fight for everything he's gotten, knows how to, you know, be a professional in the meeting rooms, handle all of that business, be ready when called upon. You've got Dave Mills, who has stepped up when he really was an unheralded guy. Nobody expected him. He played pretty well. He has a couple seasons with, with I don't know, I think he started, what, probably 15 to 20 games in total over his first two years. So he's got some starts under his belt and could be positioned to be a good, really good long-term NFL backup. And then you bring in probably Bryce Young is who I expect they're going to take at number two because I think Stroud is going to go at number one. To me, that, that gives you a really solid core in your quarterback room to build on and to build with. I think the Texans, you know, they're bringing in some depth guys that maybe know the system. I think Ridgeway is one of those guys. Uh, you know, he's probably because of how well Houston has been playing. Ridgeway is probably going to step into a starting role. He's going to be a guy, heavy rotation at the interior defensive line, help make sure that the defensive line knows what's expected of them in a D'Amico Ryan's defense and what their responsibilities are, be that veteran leader uh, that just has a relationship with the coach. Uh, the other guy, Mike Boone, well, we fully expected them to pair um, somebody with uh, Damian Pierce. And Boone, while never really has taken off, like I think some of us expected he might, I think this might be his opportunity. There's a chance that, you know, Houston still might be kind of playing it slow for one more season to kind of get some earlier draft picks next year as well. And then they really take off after stockpiling a lot of early draft picks and a drafted early drafted players. And then they're ready to go uh, take off in 24. I, I like the signings as a whole, you know, Winovich is a guy that'll be able to step in, provide some uh, pressure off the edge. He's not, he's not a pro bowl caliber player. He's a good guy that he's a guy that can make some plays, uh, but will bounce around probably for the next few years on teams that need a defensive end slash linebacker. Um, So to me, all of the signings make a lot of sense for where Houston is in their uh, rebuild. Yeah, my team, the Denver Broncos, made a a smattering of signings too. Uh, Signed uh, Jarrett Stidham to a two-year deal to uh, be the primary backup quarterback and then worked on the blocking situation, getting right tackle Mike McGlinchey uh, from the San Francisco 49ers and guard Ben Powers from the Ravens, then signing blocking tight end Chris Manhurts, who was most recently with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dennis, they seem to be making a commitment to having a solid backup situation and having a solid foundation up front. Do you like the moves? Yeah, I think improving your offensive line is always a good idea. 
Now, how fast can they gel? You know, they signed a guard. They signed – well, McGlinchey, is he a right tackle? I think he played right tackle in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, he's the right tackle, and um, they have Garrett Bowles at left. So they want to you – know, Russell needs to get – be protected. He's getting older. Uh, I think the signing of Stidham, who knows, maybe it's an opportunity for him to work his way into being the bridge quarterback in three or four years when it's time to move on from Russell. You know, we'll we'll see. It, some of these guys come into the league and, you know, they hang around and they get to be 27, 28 years old, and then the opportunity to be a starter presents itself. If they put in the work and, and do what they need to, it, it may work out fine. And Stidham played well in his one start last year or two starts last year. He played pretty well. I don't know. You know, I wasn't super high on him coming out of college, but, you know, the guys I was higher on uh, haven't done better. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, interesting signings. I, I'm glad to see them bolstering the offensive line. Uh, should be a, hopefully a boon to the running game. Uh, a couple other teams made offensive line moves. Uh, the Washington Commanders signed right tackle Andrew Wiley. Connor McGovern, the former Cowboys guard, goes to the Buffalo Bills. And Jawan Taylor, formerly, I believe, of Jacksonville, goes to be new, the yep. new left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, what do you make of those moves? Well, I love it for the Chiefs because they let their right tackle and their left tackle walk. So uh, I think Lucas Nyang is going to get the shot at right tackle for Kansas City. They they just they didn't want to pay uh, Orlando Brown the, the money he was looking for. Um, there are several people out there that think Brown is really better suited to be a right tackle. Um, he wants to be a left tackle. He wants to be paid like a left tackle. Uh, I think if they paid him like a left tackle and asked him to play right tackle, maybe he would do that. But, you know, the prestigious position on the offensive line is left tackle. And that's, you know, it's what his dad played. That's what he fancies himself. Uh, So to let him move on and bring in Juwan James. James was a high draft pick in Miami. He didn't, didn't pan out initially, I think. He played okay, just probably didn't matched the hype that he came in with, moved on to Jacksonville, and he's really developed into a really good left tackle. So I I love that move for Kansas City because when you pay a quarterback a half a billion dollars, the last thing you want him to do is get hit a lot. So they got Creed Humphrey at center. Now they've got two new tackles. It looks like they'll uh, they'll be in good shape going forward. McGovern, you know, the Bills needed some interior help. I think that'll be good. It's, you know, um, I don't know how splashy of a move it was, but the Bills, uh, since the um, Stefan Diggs trade, they haven't done a lot of splashy stuff. They just kind of keep grinding away, putting people in position to to get better and, and develop. So I like the McGovern. Um, you know, they've had some questionable guards. I think McGovern will be, be good there. And I think uh... – just to be clear, the tackle that was signed by the Chiefs is Jawan Taylor, not Jawan James. Oh, Jawan Taylor, Taylor um, was uh, drafted a second round pick of the Jaguars in 2019. So he just yeah, finished his. They've been throwing around a lot of names today. Um, I think Jawan James is actually still with the Ravens, um, uh, is where he is right now. Yeah. Um, another offensive signing, Josh Oliver, the tight end who spent last year with the Ravens, uh, signs with the Vikings. What do you think of that move? It, um, they let Irv Smith go. TJ Hawkinson is a good two-way tight end. He's going to be the receiving tight end. Josh Oliver is a good blocking tight end. I think he suits in there well. I don't think it's going to move the needle for fantasy at all. I, I think if Hawkinson would happen to get injured – I'm not sure it would even move the needle then. It's a good signing. Fills a position of need for the Vikings, but not t- terribly fantasy fantasy relevant. Yeah, kind of an interesting uh, – you know, obviously they have a ton of tight ends for the Ravens, so it makes sense that they let one go. Um, 
smattering of defensive uh, signings here. I'm just going to chronicle a few of them and then let you uh, touch on ones you wanted. Jalen Ramsey uh, got traded from the Rams to the Dolphins, giving them uh, kind of a premier uh, cornerback. Uh, Deron Payne. Uh, actually signs a four-year deal with the Commanders. We got the franchise tag. Was the first to get the franchise tag. Ends up getting a long-term deal, so that was great. Tremaine Edmonds going over from the Buffalo Bills. A huge free agent deal with the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals lost both of their starting safeties as Vaughn Bell signs a free agent deal with the Panthers, and Jesse Bates gets a huge free agent deal with the Falcons. Javon Hargrave leaving the Eagles, the defensive tackle going to the San Francisco 49ers, a case of the rich getting richer. And cornerback Cam Sutton went from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Detroit Lions, while Patrick Peterson, cornerback, went from the Minnesota Vikings to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do any of those uh, moves kind of move the needle for you? And should you be worried about Cincinnati losing both of their big safeties back there? Well, Cincinnati is going to need to hope Dax Hill is ready to play. And they're probably going to need to dip into either the free agent safety market or um, draft somebody. They did re-sign safety Michael Thomas. So they, they didn't lose everybody that was eligible to go. But based on where those two guys were sort of in their careers and how well they were playing – I don't think a lot of people close to the Cincinnati uh, team really expected them to bring both of them back. And they thought there was probably a real possibility that both of them would be gone. Both of them are around 30 years old. To me, I guess you want to bring back your good players, but you have to make smart decisions and when you set up a salary cap, I don't know if you've played in salary cap leagues in fantasy, but you have to figure out like how much money am I budgeting for this position and what does that mean for me? Like I have a salary cap league right now where uh, I going into the off season here when uh, we, we start free agency, I like I have to rebuild my entire wide receiver running back room because literally everybody's contract has expired. Uh, and I'm the defending champion, so I had a good team, but I can't afford to keep all the guys in there. They were in the last year. That happens with NFL teams, and so they've got to make tough decisions, and the players have to make the best decisions for themselves. I, I think both of them landed in, in nice spots. The Falcons, you know, they're trying to turn it around. Whether they're successful or not is uh, another question. Carolina – they're trying to turn it around. They need playmakers. And I think each team, then a couple of safeties that can make some plays. You know, Hargrave to the 49ers, he had a phenomenal year. I, I'm curious to watch, like, how does Philadelphia put their defense back together? Eight of their 11 starters on defense were free agents. And, you know, they've lost a bunch of them. Not only did they lose Hargrave, you know, Darius Slay has been allowed to seek a trade. Um their linebacker, T.J. Edwards, he also signed with the Bears three years, uh, over $17 million to go along with Tremaine Edmonds, whom the Bears signed as well, from Buffalo. So, you know, the, the Eagles have – they've got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting how Howie Roseman handles this. Um, the other guys, Sutton to the Lions, I think you know, he's going to be a good slot cornerback. They need they need help all over their defense uh, in Detroit. I think Sutton will be helpful there. Patrick Peterson, you know, he was a star when he came into the league. He kind of faded. Uh, he ended up in Minnesota, built his reputation back up, has played really well there. It'll be curious to see which uh, Patrick Peterson the Steelers are going to get. Yeah. Drop off again? Is he going to play like he did in in Minnesota and Arizona early in his career? Yeah, there was a lot of big moves. You know, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how Jalen Ramsey fits. You know, you talked about the the Eagles have some work to do on defense. I believe this move of uh, Jalen Ramsey left oh, yeah. the Rams with only two players on uh, defense that actually played uh, significant snaps. Now, one of those 
is Aaron Donald, who uh, who's pretty good. But the the Rams, the cliff came a lot earlier than I think any of us were expecting. And uh, they, speaking of giving people permission, apparently they've given Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade, which sort of made me laugh because I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out. But yeah. the the Eagles have a lot of questions too. Um, the signing on there that caught my eye, I, the Javon Hargrave to um, the 49ers, man, they just keep piling up. They already had a pretty intimidating uh, defensive front, so that's only going to help them a little bit more. If they can, you know, if one of those quarterbacks hits and works out for them, they could be right back where they've been the last couple of seasons. Uh, well, we're going to move and transition and, and finish our dynasty. Yeah, we're going to we'll move and uh, finish to transition to uh, finish our dynasty running back. Uh, look, we still have our top 10 to go. Uh, Dennis will be able to give his and I'll give mine. I will read off Matt's. So uh, I think for this top 10, we'll just take them in increments of five. I'm going to read uh, Matt's uh, 10 through six. And then Dennis, I'll let you take away yours. So Matt has J.K. Dobbins at number 10. Austin Eckler, who uh, we talked about a little disgruntled there at number nine. Uh, I believe it's going to be Najee Harris at number eight, uh, Saquon Barkley at seven, and Nick Chubb at six. So who are your first five, Dennis? Well, I have Austin Eckler at 10. Uh, I just felt like you know, they've been trying to get somebody to take the load off him. Well, now they've allowed him to seek a trade, or he's asked permission to be able to seek a trade. Who knows what's going to happen with changing teams. Now, all that being said, that's where I had him before any of this news broke. I like Eckler a lot. But as at 195 pounds, 28 years old, um, the usage he's been getting, at some, you know, the wheels have got to come off at some point. Right, number nine, I've got Nick Chubb. Now, I could be way off on Nick Chubb over the next couple of years if all of a sudden they decide that, hey, we know you, now that Kareem Hunt's gone, we, we – we did understand you can catch the ball too. You know, if they start throwing Nick Chubb four or five times a game, throwing to him four or five times a game, and he starts catching three or four, he, he could be the RB1 overall um, without any issues. Saquon Barkley's franchise tag, um, going back to New York, overall good situation. You know, hopefully he doesn't get disgruntled with being franchise tagged. And they're able to work a deal out for him. I have Josh Jacobs at number seven. I don't know. I might be a little bit low on Jacobs. Um, I, I like where he's at, but he is on the franchise tag over the next two to three years. I'm not 100% sure that he's going to stay uh, in Las Vegas. It feels like they could, they, it feels like they maybe aren't working real hard to sign him to an extension. They're just working real hard to run him into the ground and then let him go. Uh, and then at number six, I have Najee Harris. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to see the Najee Harris of his rookie season where Ben couldn't throw the ball more than seven yards, so he targeted Najee Harris a lot. But I think that at some point the offensive coordinator is going to have to look back and say, yes, Ben couldn't throw the ball more than seven yards, so that's why he targeted Najee. But to be fair, Najee can really catch the ball and run with it pretty well, so Maybe we should do a little bit more of that. So uh, I like Najee Harris a lot. And what he, I think he was a little 23-year-old coming in, so he's probably 26 now, um, a little bit on the older side. But he's only going into his third year. Uh, I think he's got a couple – I think he's got about three more good years left in him. Yeah, so for me, at number 10, I have Travis Etienne. Um, I really liked what he did when he was given a chance there in Jacksonville last year. I thought he looked good in uh, all three phases. It does concern me a little bit that they keep talking about bringing in um, more running backs. I think he really did thrive with not having a ton of competition. I also wonder if that passing game takes another step forward, <clears throat> if that impacts him. But I, I like the idea there. It was enough for me to put him up in the top 10 because I think in running backs, if you can get a guy that's going to be involved all three downs, um, that is just a gift for fantasy. And that's what we had for Travis Etienne uh, after about the, the third or fourth week there last season with Jacksonville. I 
there has to be a reason they took him in the first round. There has to be. Uh, number nine, I have Josh Jacobs. You mentioned you might be too low. Matt and I might be too. If you remember, Matt had him at 11. I have him at nine. Last year, we saw him get given the workload that we had not seen prior, and he really thrived under it. I guess before I'm willing to vault him up even higher, I need to see it again. Um, because, you know, prior to last year, I felt pretty comfortable having him at, in the RB2 range. So having vaulted him all the way up to, to feeling like he's RB9, I think is a pretty uh, giant uh, leap in my mind. Um, I have Austin Eckler at eight. Um, like the production, he's been the number one uh, scoring running back in fantasy two years in a row. I don't know if that continues. He is getting older. Um, he's another guy I would say for me is on that outer edge of the two to three year window that we talk about. Uh, number seven for me is Nick Chubb. You mentioned, will they realize he can catch the ball? I think another concern for me would be historically, we have not seen Deshaun Watson throw a lot of passes to a running back. So I'm almost wondering if them uh, moving on from Kareem Hunt is their realization that they're happy with uh, Nick Chubb being a pounder who's going to occasionally get passes because they plan to throw the ball down the field. But I still like Nick Chubb. He manages to have pretty solid PPR value, even without being a robust pass catcher. And then number six for me, Saquon Barkley. Um, I like him going back to New York. I think the big challenge, I, he had a very healthy year last year. Uh, would love to see that happen for him again. Uh, I'm going to read off Matt's top five, and then we will get Dennis's top five. Matt has Ken Walker of the third at number five. Brees Hall at four. He has rookies in his, so he has Bijan Robinson at number three. Um, I think Dennis and I probably would have Bijan somewhere in our top ten if we had merged in the rookies. Then he has Christian McCaffrey at number two and Jonathan Taylor at number one. So, Dennis, take it away with your top five. So I have Travis Etienne at number five. So I, I, I get nervous about his feet having uh, had the Liz Frank injury and stuff. I, I it does make me nervous, but he has shown that he's an, a pretty electric runner and he's a good pass catcher. Uh, he'll be going into year three. Uh, he missed year one with the injury, so it, it's basically year two of usage. He's a young guy, he's healthy, and he's on an up and coming team right now. Jamichael Hasty is what they have behind him. Uh, they re-signed Hasty. And, and I think they like Hasty as a backup. I, I feel pretty comfortable with ETN's volume. Probably the thing that scares me the most is that they've got, you know, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk to throw the ball to, who all have performed pretty well historically, uh, at least recently, except for Ridley was a couple years ago. But, you know, he seems to have stepped into their wide receiver one role, at least uh, via perception. Uh, I have Brees Hall at number three. You know, going into last year, Brees was my RB1. Um, but I, I feel like coming off the injury, Nathaniel Hackett's a, he's a two running back guy. Um, who knows what's going to happen with their quarterback? It sure feels like Aaron Rodgers, and it kind of feels like we'll find out about that during the McAfee show. Um, you know, my, I don't know, three, four, five, two, three, four could, I, I wouldn't probably fight anybody if they ch have their different order. Um, I have Brees Hall at four with the fully recognizing he could finish as the RB one the next two years and nobody would think it's out of line. But I have Kenneth, Kenneth Walker at number three. Walker is just so dynamic running the ball. Um, and he showed that he's a capable pass catcher. I think he's going to get a little more opportunity. Um, I just, he is going to dominate the running share in Seattle. And I, I get that they signed Gino to an extension and he had that Cinderella year last year, you know, but I think there's an awful lot of history on Gino that says, you know, we probably saw his best year last year. Um, that's just kind of what, where I feel I'm at with Gino. So I think that means that we're going to see a little bit more um, Kenneth Walker running the ball. And that's what Pete Carroll wants to do is run the ball. Now other backs will get in there, but Kenneth is going to get the lion's share. 
If Jonathan Taylor at number two, uh, as much as I wanted to put Taylor at number one, I can't overlook exactly what Christian McCaffrey brings to the table. Jonathan Taylor is a big, fast, dynamic runner. He can catch the ball at two. Um, He just doesn't get the volume that Christian McCaffrey gets uh, in overall touches. And it'll be interesting to see what Shane Steichen does with the offense, how it's structured. Hopefully he doesn't go with this whole Nick Sirianni, you know, I got a running back to use between the 20s and a running back to use from the 20 to the 10 and another running back to use from the 10 to the goal line. Hope a different one, you know, if, if it's passing down. Yeah. Hopefully Steichen recognizes that Jonathan Taylor should get 20 touches a game. Uh, but I, I still think I have Christian McCaffrey at number one. Uh, I think over the next two or three years in that San Francisco offense, uh, McCaffrey is going to be a a dominant fantasy force. Yeah, so number five for me, I have Najee Harris. You are correct. He is older. He just turned 25, um, so he will be 25 when the season begins. He's got a March 9th birthday, so happy belated birthday out there, Najee Harris. Um, I think – Last year, he went into his second season with um, some lower leg injuries. And because he never missed games or missed time, I think we tended to dismiss that. He ended up, he was a player that definitely looked stronger on the back half of the season and seemed to get more involved. I think that was also as Kenny Pickett was getting more comfortable in the offense. And that gives me hope that we are going to see something a little bit closer to a return to form. His yards per carry were about the same, same number of rushing touchdowns. He had about 35 fewer carries last year and ends up with um, about 160 fewer yards. Um, you're right. The receptions dropped off. So that, that'll be a question to see, you know, his first year, he caught 70 something passes, caught 40 something last year. If he can hit that sweet spot for me somewhere between like 55 and 60, I'll take that. I think the biggest question for me with Pittsburgh this year, can they improve their offensive line, which is going to benefit him and benefit everything they're trying to do as a whole. But that seems to be the question we ask eternally about Pittsburgh. Um, So it's hard to have too much hope. Number four for me, Ken Walker the third. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, we probably did see Geno Smith's best season. More importantly, um, throughout the history of his tenure in Seattle, Pete Carroll has liked to have a running back and a robust rushing game. And I think they found that with with Walker, who kind of picked it up mid-year. He's another player that went into the start of the season a little bit injured um, and then ended up getting to take over from Rashad Penny, and he looked incredible when he did. I don't think Seattle looks back. Um, I think he Walker is who we hoped he would be. Number three for me is Jonathan Taylor, and you know how much I love Jonathan Taylor, but I have some questions. You know, We saw Indianapolis offensive line start to degrade last year. Um, you know, are they going to be able to work to fix that? I have tons of questions about the Colts offense as they change offensive coordinators, as they literally don't have a quarterback. Um, you know, are they going to take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? We both, we think Anthony Richardson might be a project. He also might be something of a runner. We've seen that before inhibit uh, the ceiling for some of these big running backs that are with them. I like Jonathan Taylor's talent. I am not sold on the team around him and that's what caused me to drop him back because I think it could take the Colts two or three years to get back going again because they to me are not in an incredible place Um, number two I have Brees Hall I love what I saw from him last year. I think the only question is, is he 100% healthy when he starts the season? He had his ACL tear in early October, so he should be looking pretty good by the time they start the season in September, but may get off to a slower start. They have all the pieces in place to have a great team, except for I forgot about Nathaniel Hackett, and you made me question everything about my life because if there's one coach that, aside from Josh McDaniels, that I have zero confidence in, it would be Nathaniel one-and-done Hackett. Um, but I guess we will see uh, if they get a good veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers with the passing weapons they have. I think that's going to open up more space for Brees Hall. I think some of the problems last year was no one really took Zach Wilson that seriously as a passing threat when Hall was in there, and he was still able to put up some in 
incredible numbers and really drive that winning streak for the Jets. So I'm hoping for big things in year two. And the number one for me is Christian McCaffrey. It's the talent. It's the ability to contribute in all phases. And it's more importantly, the team and the landing location where he went to San Francisco. Uh, A good running back is a young quarterback's best friend. And Trey Lance, uh, if you aren't sending bouquets of flowers to Christian McCaffrey every week, I don't know what you are doing. I concur. I concur. Uh, so, Dennis, a couple questions before we get out of here. Uh, obviously, Matt merged rookies in and had Bijan Robinson up in his top 10. When you merge in rookies, do you expect Bijan's going to crack your top 10? Oh, yeah. I probably would have him probably – if I were just not knowing what team, based on his potential right now, probably have him at three. Yeah, which is right where Matt Matt had him. Um, I think my other question for you, I, I oh, also anticipate I anticipate having Bijan up there. I know I'd have him in the top five. I don't know if I, I would put him over Jonathan Taylor. I might put him in between Taylor and Walker right now. Um, but I also want to see part of me wants to see where where he goes and if it makes me sad. Right. Uh, which running back in the top 10 do you feel the least confident in? Well, for different reasons, uh, Austin Eckler is one, because if he does get disgruntled, if he does hold out, if he gets traded and just doesn't vibe quickly with the new team, that could present an issue. I get nervous about McCaffrey. I mean, we can't, Overlook the fact that he basically missed two seasons. You know, he's the poster child for the 200-pound running back. Um, When he was heavily, heavily used, he was phenomenal. And then he was broke for two years. And then when he came back, he was phenomenal again. I, you know, I don't go in expecting injuries to happen, but I have to be aware that it could be possible. Um, those two are probably the biggest, you know, Nick Chubb, I could see because he doesn't get involved in the passing game and they end up using, you know, Jerome Ford or Ernest Johnson, um, in the role where they used to use Kareem Hunt to me, that, that would be, that would be something that would give me pause there. But probably Eckler and McCaffrey, my 10 and my 1, are probably the two that I'm the most nervous about. Yeah, I thought about this. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. And I loved what we got last year. I love the potential. I have noted that I don't have incredible faith in Josh McDaniels. I also... You know, we we saw a pretty steady uh, middling RB2 in in Josh Jacobs for his first three years, which is part of the reason I think they opted against the fifth-year option, even though I I understand intellectually, even though I still think it was a catastrophically dumb move. Last year, they really heavily leaned on him and threw him the ball a lot, and he was great. But I don't know if I... I don't know if I'm at the point to trust that volume um, being there because in addition to my qualms about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, he also ran the Patriots for a long time. And every time you got confident in a Patriots running back, the guy didn't see the field for two weeks. I don't think that's going to happen here, but it just, he, you know, if he gets that volume, he's right there in the top 10 if something fundamentally changes about his role in the offense, I could see him dropping back down to being like a middling RB2. And that's for, for Dynasty, that's what makes me a little bit nervous. And you're right, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of traction for a long-term deal. So even if he does get that volume for one year, then what happens? Does he get franchise tagged again? Does he go somewhere else? And we've seen the running back market is anything but robust right now. So I guess that's thinking about all those things. That's what makes me nervous. I couldn't, based on what we saw and the potential, I couldn't really justify dropping him out of the top 10. 
but I also don't feel incredibly rock solid about him in my top ten. So if you if you were in need of a running back and you had let's say the one oh six, how high would you go on these this list before you're like oh? Or how low would you go before you're like, oh, I don't want that running back for the 106? You know, my question, too, is uh, what are people really willing um, to deal? Like if I if I needed a running back and I was sitting at 106, I, I'd, in Superflex, maybe you have an outside chance of getting Jameer Gibbs at 106. Probably not. But in non-superflex leagues, I think you have a 0% chance of getting either of those running backs. And to me, they're still, you know, maybe this will change as we get closer to the draft. But I just had this conversation with a league mate who's trying to pry 101 from me. I have Najee Harris and Alvin Kamara, and I have 101. Uh, He offered 103 and 106 um, for 101. My thought is at 103 I'm not getting a running back and at 106 I'm probably not taking a running back because I don't think that would be the best value so if you were sitting at 106 and you could get one of these top 10 backs I would do it I would probably also take a shot on J.K. Dobbins Tony Pollard or Javante Williams who I have at 12 13 and 14 uh, with 106 when you get below that like a Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry I might get good production for one year, but I don't know what happens. And wide receiver, who you would probably end up with one at 106, is going to have a a better better bet in that two to three year window, probably. Well, I feel like in in one QB leagues, the top five um, are Bijan, Gibbs, Smith and Jigba, Addison, and Johnston. So that puts you with at at 106 with guys like Zach Charbonnet, uh, Kendra Miller, um, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So it's to me, it's it's pretty it's pretty clear that like Charbonnet right now is is my 106. So if I was looking at him versus you know Ramondre Stevenson. You know, I probably want Stevenson because it's it's a known. I don't know if you could get Stevenson for the 106. Probably not. Yeah, I actually think one of your better bets might be, uh, and it's just because I've seen the value for him all over the board is Javante Williams. He was a pretty clear top 10 option this time last year, and I still think the talent is there, but I have questions about what his role is going to be in the offense, and there's now bigger questions too about health. So it's not a move that's without risk, Um, but that's probably uh, what I would go with or maybe seeing if you can get a swing for Tony Pollard because I think Dallas franchise tagging him is a very good sign about how they feel about his role in the offense, and he was pretty lights out last year. I just don't know. You know, and again, maybe Zach Charbonnet I'll feel differently based on where he falls in the draft, but that's none of the beyond Robinson and Gibbs, none of the rookie running backs feel like a great solid lock for production to me. Um and it's just it's so hard to tell too right now because there are so many openings all around the league and there are so many quality free agent backs all over the the league. I think there's going to be even more dreadful committees than we thought uh, that we thought we were going to get before. And that's where outside of that top 10 and who, you know, would it surprise you if the Raiders went and, and picked up one of these backs to put behind Jacobs as, as a better threat than Zamir White? No, I mean there's there's re- great value at the running back position later in the draft, you know, late day two, early day three of the NFL draft. I think we're going to see a bunch of guys like, you know, Eric Gray and um, Chase Brown and guys like that that are you know they're five nine, five ten, two hundred and five to two hundred and ten pounds, so they're big enough to play the position. Um, 
and and handles 60% of the snaps and 50%, 60% of the touches. So, yeah, I, I think it's just such a crapshoot. You don't know who it's going to be, though. So, Yeah, so what do you think about the the trade that I mentioned? So I have, I'm sitting at 101. It's a one-quarterback league. I have Harris and Alvin Kamara and not really anything behind them. Uh, and I got offered 103, 106, and Josh Palmer. And I think I've pretty well ruled that out. And that's for the 102? 101. 101. So 103, 106, and Josh Palmer. Mm-hmm. I, in 1QB, I don't think so. I, I, yeah. I would want to, like, I, I want a running back back and maybe one of those two veteran running backs away to get younger at the running back position so that I can so that I'm not waiting too long on my rebuild you know if I could get somebody you know I don't know who they have but if they if they have yeah, I might I might even take like Isaiah Pacheco or Allen Robinson, you know, even Miles Sanders if I could get them over Josh Palmer. Yeah, I don't really I mentioned to the guy Palmer does nothing for me. I have Amon Ross St. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, and Donovan Peoples Jones among my wide receivers. So I don't really need Uh, And that's my hesitation to drop back to three because I've run a bunch of mocks. And in that one QB, it's pretty much always Robinson gives one, two. And I imagine it's going to be that here. So if I wanting to improve my running back situation, trade back to 103, I'm almost consigning myself to take a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, other guys like Tank Bigsby, Devin A. Chain, Zach Evans. Kendry Miller, Sean Tucker, Ty J. Spears. Most of those guys, you're not going to want to take at 106 or even 103, especially 103. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us today. Uh, wrapping up the running backs there. We will have uh, more free agent news, doubtless, when we are back on Friday. And we are going to try to get to the mock draft. We were going to try to do it today, but uh, the explosion of news happened. So we're looking at a one-quarterback rookie four-round mock draft. We're going to work that in on Friday, uh, provided that Aaron Rodgers doesn't suck all the oxygen out of everyone's lives uh, by finally making a decision tomorrow. And you know what? Maybe he'll make an off-the-wall choice, and he'll get traded to Carolina, and their move up to 101 will make even less sense than it does right now. Dennis, as people ponder Aaron Rodgers' future, uh, what can they do? They should go to uh, their favorite podcast platform, button, download, listen, and leave us a review. Yep, so we will look forward to uh, seeing you on Friday. Matt uh, should be back with us as well. Until then, you know, just keep those Aaron Rodgers to the Jets dreams alive. Or don't. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn.